I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. I watched. For, I saw First Man the other day. By the way, what is that? Oh, is that the new um, Ryan Gosling film about yeah. uh, uh, Neil Armstrong? Did you go to the theater to see it? I did. Um, <clears throat> how was it? I heard it's really good. It is really good. Um, <coughs> it's like it's very um, it's very personal for mm. Neil Armstrong. It, cent- it actually centers it centers a, a lot around like his. Is there any Ra- Ryan Gosling nudity in it? No, mm, I'm not going to go see it. Um, it's it's like. <laughs> There's a, a fuck bi- that movie then. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah. A big theme is his um, is actually the death of his of his daughter when she's like, she's not even she's probably three maybe two or three years old. She oh, dies, I didn't know that. She dies of uh, of cancer and like oh just like God. how he, just like him as a person and how much that impacted him and the journey from like I think it was like 1961 or 1962 until mm-hmm. the time that they actually went to the moon because they, the actual process of his whole thing was like close to 10 years from the moment where they were like, we're thinking about going to the moon. Right. And then it was like close to 10 years of, of shit to figure out like how to do that and the training for everybody. And like, right. Like how to, how that, how they could film it without anybody knowing that. Yeah, exactly. In a a studio. I mean, there was just, there was just, there was so many details that they had to get just right. And in the end, they fucked it up with the whole flag and the wind stuff, right? You know, so then everybody I got a question. Um, <laughs> did his daughter die from heart failure? <clears throat> no. Oh, well, you know who might have almost died from heart failure? Maybe. I actually don't know. This gal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like that segue, guys? Uh, we're, so smooth. We're here. We're still in Vancouver. We're recording out of the, the, that beautiful, this beautiful, by the time you're listening to this, it'll be that beautiful recording studio. Yeah, you know how to you know how to conjugate, and and, um, and uh, we're sitting down with a, a new guest. Heart failure. Yeah, heart failure, as in like, run us through <laughs> the shit you went through. Do you want me to start from the very very beginning? Well, let's start from the beginning. How old are you? Twenty six. All right, and when did your heart fail? <laughs> how are you sitting here? How, how do you how do you go how do you how do you go from heart failure right. to not being dead? I think that's this this it's, episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's break it down. So, 2015 is when uh, everything just fell like my whole world just fell apart. And uh, this is Callie, by the way. Everyone, yes, everyone listening. So I didn't even introduce you. I um, so originally I was born with a congenital heart defect, and I had like a hole in my heart, and my circulation is all fucked, and there was nothing I could really do about it, and 
I had a couple of surgeries. I was like a baby, like 24 hours after I was born, I had a ba- uh, surgery. I was going to oh ask, God. I was, I was going to ask if they knew like right mm-hmm. away. So they knew 24. like when you were born, they're like, Oh shit. She has a, yeah. like a, a yeah. heart defect. Did they know before yeah. you were, before you came out? No, no. So I was a C-section baby and, Word. Um, what up? In, in, yeah. And it's I was born in mission and, um, I'm a vagina busting baby. We <laughs> talked about this the other day. We busted out of vaginas, Taylor and I. Yep. You yeah, guys well, busted out of the bellies. Yeah. Or what up? C versus uh, V's. <laughs> so uh, immediately after I was born, I started to turn blue. Like my nails, my lips. My, oh, my God. I just turned blue. And uh, they rushed me to Vancouver here to BC <clears throat> Children's. And uh, From? Oh, Mission. From Mission. And my mom had to stay in Mission. They wouldn't transport her. They were. They didn't even tell her. As far as I know, they didn't even tell her that she that I was sick. She, oh, whoa. They were yeah. just like, we need to take your baby. You need to just rest. Yeah. Wait, she yeah. had to stay in Mission like she was in the in like the like middle recovery. of a covert operation and she could not leave the mission? Exactly. exactly. Yeah, a little yeah. less James Bondy. Yeah. I think it was because they just split her open and they were like, you need, you just had you need to rest. major surgery. We just yeah. removed a little alien human <laughs> exactly. out of you. <laughs> Anybody out there who's wondering, Mission is a place. It's a place. Yeah, Mission BC. It's about right. an hour from here. Mm-hmm. It's close to Hope BC. Yeah, Mission's where I'm from originally. Grew up, everything. But yeah. So, so you, you turn blue mm-hmm. and they're like, uh, lady? Relax. We're taking this baby. Exactly. We're taking this little burrito over to Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, did they know it was your heart right away, or was it like did they have to run tests and stuff to figure that um, out? No. So they knew it was my heart. They knew it was my circulation, and uh, I have a scar underneath my arm that goes from like right because it's stretched as you grow. It's from the middle of my spine all the way to underneath my boob. Whoa. And it's it was huge. It was really gnarly. I actually had to get plastic surgery to fix it because it was so like indented and I had like nerve damage and it was fucked. Whoa. Yeah. Well, it's not so crazy. Like I as never like, even thought about how yeah. you had a really big scar as, a, as an infant. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's like 24 hour old infant. And I was like infant how, teeny tiny how, how that's going to how that how that scar and scar tissue was going to grow with you? Like, yeah, that, that's a, that's such it a It was wild like a thought. deep cut and it was like train tracks. It looked like train tracks. It was pretty gnarly and uh, they fixed it when Crazy. I was 16, 15. So, it, do we have a name for what you had when you were a baby? Yeah. So, um, it's basically just a congenital heart defect, but I, the surgeries that I had, uh, bidirectional Glenn, Fontan, and I believe that was the only things. Well, you got little notes. Look I have you. You, notes. You came with fucking notes. I know. You got a PDF there? You want us to throw that up on the screen there? We <laughs> yeah, can we can do that. Hit the slides <laughs> or what? PowerPoint. <laughs> but yeah, no, I had a Fontan is like the a biggest Fontan? Mm-hmm. That does not sound like a, a surgery. No. Fontan. That sounds like something you'd <clears throat> order at Denny's for, <laughs> for breakfast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got a Fontan with extra... You oh, want the Grand oh, Slam yeah. or the Fontan? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I can taste the fucking Denny's coming up on oh, our Cal- oh, Calgary oh. show next week. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm not going to that Denny's ever again. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, we, we are. are. They gave us free Denny's. What that wasn't mean? even a Denny's, dude. That was just a fucking cafeteria with a Denny's logo on it. Yes, it was. Dude, I remember when you shredded that Denny's in front of the audience at, at Satan. They were yeah. like, dude. But that's our Denny's. Oh, <laughs> it's like, man. dude, you guys are fucking eating the shittiest Denny's on fucking planet Earth. Not the, not like Denny's is anything special gonna, to begin say, with. What Denny's isn't the shittiest Denny's on planet Earth? At least you know what you, you're getting when you go to Denny's. Uh, yeah, dude. All right, yeah. so you got Denny's uh, surgery done, <laughs> and uh, and so what were those surgeries? Like you you said that you were born with a hole in your heart. 
Yeah. How the fuck does that work? I don't even know. That's so I've, crazy. Like read journals on it, like medical journals, and I still don't like fully comprehend what it is. Sure. Yeah. It's just like so like out of my spectrum of knowing anything. Right. It's just That's how I feel about cystic fibrosis. <laughs> right. Um so so I guess the surgery is to like patch up that hole. So initially You can't live with a hole in your heart, can you? No. So what ended up happening was they had to rewire my heart heart like entirely so like all the like vessels that go into it like the everything is like backwards and the chambers of my heart normal people have four chambers i have three because oh. it just opened up the whole bottom chamber so Uh-oh. it just like that's 25 percent less exactly mm. it's just math. Yeah. Yeah. Math. 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 yeah if all the chambers are the same size i mean well uh yeah i guess that's a valid point bry i also don't know i don't yeah. know <laughs> i f- so I they, love it and I don't know. <laughs> so they basically have to like reconfigure your whole heart exactly. to work like a normal heart or as normal as possible. As normal as possible. And because it was <clears throat> 1992, I mean, they had the technology. They did what they could. But mm. I'm technically one of the first um, generations of kids who've gone through those surgeries and have come out the other side and are thriving. But Right. Still alive. Still alive. I don't right. know. Thriving is a little... I don't. <laughs> Debatable. I wasn't thriving. Sure. <laughs> so, do you guys sure. know that I had a heart defect when I was born? No, no. I, I did. Yeah. I heard your mom talk about it like a few weeks ago. I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, I had a. Uh, it was like one of the um, chambers to my heart was like was was like way smaller than the than the rest, mm-hmm. and um, and it was like right after I was born. It was like, yo, he's got he's this is this is kind of fucked up. But if but when this happens, typically that valve will grow at a greater rate than the other valves. Yeah. And if that happens, which it most likely will, it'll just catch up to the rest eventually as he grows and gets older. Yeah. And so and so I had to go to the hospital the first seven years of your life. It was like it was like it was very frequent when I was born. And then, you know, I guess like cancer patients after a while, they just they go to the doctor like less and less and less or like the bigger, bigger, bigger stints in between um, until I think I was 10 years old. It was the, maybe the last time I went. And then they were like, he's good. No problem anymore. Ooh, but you do. Don't you have a uh, like a hereditary <clears throat> thing? Because um, I think your mom was saying that like it, it runs in the family where there's like an irregular heartbeat. Yeah, because like your like dad's the Grinch, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yes, that's right. right. Yeah, and his heart, um, his heart at one point grew three times um, the size. Yeah, you don't want to pass those genes down to your yeah. kids. That just sounds fucking awful. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, I do have an irregular heartbeat, like from now and again, from time to time. But well, it, happens, yeah. it happens so it happens so yeah. infrequently that it's very hard to be like, oh, I'm going to go see the doctor because of this. Thanks a lot, Callie, for coming in. Uh, we're yeah. just going to switch gears here and talk to Taylor today, so uh, you can actually see yourself me. out. <laughs> this is yeah, great. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for the inspiration. Yeah. Um, um, okay, so so obviously they were successful. I mean, they were successful in that mm-hmm. you are still with us today. Yes. Um, but was that something that like you had to? Was that something that you had to sort of overcome and like battle for for a lot of your your childhood? Or no. was it kind of like we did it, you know, uh, and it worked? Didn't have to really think about it again. No. So everything went well after the first initial surgeries. I had three open heart surgeries so i have a scar right down the middle of my chest and see that as yeah. you can see yeah uh i can't hide it there's no way um you should as you shouldn't though oh no, i don't see it oh, no. right. do you do you not do you oh, not okay. like that scar does that scar make right. you feel um 
when I was younger, I was insecure about it, but more <coughs> so because I didn't want to answer people's questions. Sure. I didn't want to have that conversation. Right. I just wanted to live my life and be as normal as possible. Mm. But what about now? Now I'm sort of coming out the other side and I'm embracing it more and I'm more mm. like, uh, oh, fuck it. Is it, is it like, it, is it that you don't want to have the conversation because you're just tired of telling people? I'm exhausted. It, yeah. It's not yeah. so much like the, the, like any shame or anything that you carry around it or no. is that part of it too? Um, when I was younger, I think there was some shame, but now it's more, I'm just exhausted and I'll answer people's questions, but it's always the same questions and it's always... I just don't want sympathy. Is it like, like if you go on, like if you go on a vacation yes, it's and then exactly that? Yeah, and you and you and like when you get back from your vacation, the mm-hmm. first person you tell, you're like, oh yeah, here are all the details, here are all the fun things that yeah. did. And like second, third time, it gets less and less. And after exactly. you told it a, a number of times, you're like, yeah, Maybe it was good, dude. Yeah, was I was away. <laughs> it was fun. Like traveling's cool. That's it. Exactly. But you know what? Nobody wants to see your pictures. No. It's no. True. That's true. Unless, unless they're really, really good. Unless, they're <laughs> unless, you're, unless you're a yeah. fucking photographer. Exactly. Yeah. Like I said to Brian, yeah, we had this conversation yesterday. If you go away on a trip and mm-hmm. you come back and you want to show me photos, you pick your top fucking five photos yeah. and you show those to me. And that's yeah. what I want to see. Or yeah, you drip nice. feed them over Instagram for a number of months, but like, you know, just delay <laughs> like, like a week. Right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just, uh, Brian put up a story, <clears throat> which is. Brian put up a story from Hawaii yesterday. Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah, I, Brian was in Hawaii like. A month ago. You know what, though? (laughs) If you want to follow me on Instagram, I feel like I I like the videos and the photos I post. You can follow me. Everyone wants to follow you on Instagram. At Brian Stever. That's B R I A N (laughs) Stever. Um, You know, I like like the photos I post. Let's let's bring it back in here. Let's get back to Callie's story. Commercial breaks over. Um, um, so, so So it wasn't, it wasn't like a huge thing, but no. But it started to resurface. Yeah. So as a child, like, um, I didn't have any issues until I was a teenager, like 17. And it started with um, palpitations of my heart. And it happened right. just like suddenly, and then it would go away just as fast as it came on, and I didn't think anything of it. What does that feel like? It's the thing you have, isn't it? I think so. It, <clears throat> it's... Um, it doesn't hurt. Oh, it hurts for me. Oh, palpitation hurts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because okay. it turned into AFib or atrial fibrillation, and it's just like... When I have it, it's really violent, and it's just like your heart is pumping really, really, really fast, and then the bottom half of your heart beats like just one giant big pump, and then to catch up, and you just like feel it in your chest, and you like get short of breath, and it like takes your breath away, and you like can feel like you're going to pass out. That sounds awful. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And I would have that often enough that I was actually like passing out. Oh, wow. Jesus. Okay. In the ER constantly because we had no idea what was going on. There was a New Year's party I was at one time and with like family friends and I passed out after walking into the front door, like like stepping into the house and I just like passed out right there. My stepdad caught me before I hit my head and they called the ambulance and took me. In and so this this stuff mm-hmm. is starting to happen now when you're a teen. Yeah, I was like <clears throat> 17, 18 when it started to happen, and um, and it just progressed from there. From uh, I started to swell up, like like my legs and my tummy would swell up, like with uh, fluid, like water retention, and what? yeah. What? So would, it was hard. You know why? Uh, <clears throat> I know now why, but at the time I had no clue. Like I didn't even put like, oh, this is my heart, and this is like a direct correlation to that. What is the correlation? Like yeah. what's, what's the reason? Circulation. Why? Okay. So, and heart function. So poor circulation mm-hmm. can cause water retention? It 
can have a factor <clears throat> into it. Interesting. Yeah. So it wasn't like pooling. It wasn't like edema where you get pooling blood. Well, no, not. It was never <clears throat> blood. It was always just fluid. But okay. it was edema technically. Uh, just okay. So edema doesn't necessarily have to be blood. I guess no. it can be like fluid. It can be fluid, fluid buildup of whatever yeah. sort. Yeah. Interesting. So I would gain like. 20, 25 pounds sometimes. Whoa. And I'm like... Like really quickly? Really quickly, like within days. Are you, are you like freaking out at this point? Being like, what the fuck is going on to me? Like I need to go see a doctor? Yeah. You- and I was like, I have um, just a few blocks from here. I went to St. Paul's and I have a team there and they're great, but they <coughs> have, they've never seen a case like that. So they were just kind of like, well, we'll try this and then we'll try this and we'll put you on these medications and maybe this will help. And none of it ever helped. It would give me relief for maybe a couple months, Mm -hmm. you know, with the palpitations or something. And then something else would come up. And then I'd start, I just, I had no energy. I was extremely fatigued. I was anemic. I had the edema. Like it was just constant. Mm. Anemic, that's, is that bleeding like without? Low iron. Anemic is iron. Iron, okay. Low iron, yeah. What's uh, hemophiliac? Hemophiliac, yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't have that, thank you. Okay. I don't need another thing. And then edema is... The pooling of pooling. well, not just blood, right? but fluid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fluid, yeah. yeah. What's what happens when you're anemic? Like, now what what's a the- what's a menema? <laughs> How about <laughs> an amoeba? <laughs> <laughs> what what happens when you're anemic? Like when you have an an iron deficiency? What yeah. what what are the well, symptoms of that? Fatigue is one of the things. Um, your skin will be kind of like a grayish hue. Yeah. Um, you can get you if it's bad enough, you can get jaundice of the eyes. Um, like yellow eye. Mm-hmm. And like Crazy. underneath, like I have, I have bags under my eyes right now, but it would be like even more severe and it was just, yeah. Right. It was yeah. just ugly. Yeah. That's and like women get it way more than men do. Like we're naturally just anemic and. Like you're uh, just prone to having less iron? Yeah. You know, periods and all that kind of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And, that old uh, chestnut. That old thing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, mine was extreme and. I took different types of medications for it and iron supplements and I switched my diet around a hundred times and it never did anything. Okay, wait. So I I don't know if I missed this or not, but like at this point, do they do they know that this like there there's a heart problem? Yes, they okay. did. Well they're going like, they know. But they, they were my the cardiac issues. team. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So but but they don't know what it is. They don't know. Because they're trying to like they're trying all these different interventions yeah. or like kind of Offering you up like different medications or different mm-hmm. things, trying to figure out what's going on, but yeah. they don't know what it is that's. They can't. Uh, I don't know if they just didn't know the, like what was leading to what, or I I don't know what their thought process. Because they're was. saying it well, was frustrating. You, you had this surgery when you're a kid. Like mm-hmm. we know what was going on then. You right. had the surgery. Now you've grown up, but and you, you went and you know your your entire like child and adolescent life more mm-hmm. or less without much issue. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like shit, like the the roof is the roof is crumbling and exactly. and what's going on and we don't know. It, mm-hmm. Obviously it's they're probably thinking it's it's related to the shit that happened when you were born. Yeah. But like they just don't know how <laughs> or, or what exactly is going on. Yeah, and I didn't know I I had so many questions at the time and nobody could answer any of my questions. They were just like, "Oh, well you have you have anemia or anemia and you have edema and you have this and that and you know just take all these pills like i was on almost like 10 or 11 or maybe even 12 medications a day crazy mm-hmm. and were those all like medications to basically treat the symptoms that you were experiencing all symptomatic okay yeah. nothing like cuz they didn't know the root 
They don't know what, they don't know what's going on. They don't know why you have the symptoms. Exactly. So what was that? How did, so have you come, have they come to a conclusion? Mm, Vancouver has, but only because Toronto. Oh, right. I'm from, well, I went to Toronto. Right. Yeah. You were saying before, Mm -hmm. before we started recording that you have to go to Toronto for some shit because they just can't do it here, which is fascinating because Vancouver is. It doesn't happen very often. It's a massive I'm one of the first people in the cardiac team like center through St. Paul's that um, I think I'm getting ahead of myself, but yeah. Well, 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 <laughs> that's okay. well, well yeah. Well, what's, what's going on? Why do you have to, why, why do you have to go to Toronto and why are you the, and how are you the first? So in 2015 is when my whole life fell apart. I was already having all those symptoms and I thought I just accepted and I was like, well, I'm just, I'm going to be sick forever. Like whatever, just live my life. Like there's nothing I can do about it. And then in 2015, I got my first full-time job. I, like, moved out of my parents. I was living on my own. I bought my first car. Everything was, like, going good. And I lost all of it within six months because I I, I, I still was working, but my symptoms were, like, completely unmanageable. I couldn't walk. Um, I would park my car, like, right outside of my office door, and it's literally, like, 20 steps, and I couldn't even walk the 20 steps without being completely winded. So, like, you're running out of air. Like, it's a... Yeah. Almost like CF, where you just feel like you're drowning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, What what was the conversation, again, because, like, when we we come in, when we come in, travel somewhere, and we, like, batch record a bunch of episodes, I Mm -hmm. start to get... um, Things start to cross, uh, and I start to <laughs> the lines blur. Right. Um, um, we were talking about the the way that I think it was PNH because we there's we, a lot of P's, we, a lot of, we, we, a lot of P. All the, all the recordings that we've done over the last few days of like almost all of them have uh, been a three letter acronym, PBD, and they start with P. I have another one to add. PCH. That starts with P. PLE. Oh my God, fuck. <laughs> Dude, everything. There's only wow. been one person. I wasn't that, planning on that, Only but yeah. one wow. person that we've recorded with in since we've been here that right. d- didn't have a three-letter P acronym. And, really and so, but but it had something to do with the way that, um, the way that the, the, oh, the red blood cells die very quickly. Mm-hmm. And because of that, they don't carry the oxygen to the right. muscles. And then the, and then. Um, and then that causes like, like major, fatigue. Ma- major fatigue and like right. you just can't really do anything because right. like your heart's just not sending oxygenated blood to your muscles. I feel like I had, I was never diagnosed with that, but that sounds that like sounds something like, that I could have. Well, here, well, you know what? Had. We've got honorary. Well, we're hoping, well, okay. We're waiting on honorary doctorates. Right. So I could diagnose you technically when I get that. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> okay, wait. So, so this this happens over six months. Like it just gets totally out, out of, of control. control. Right. But um, like, how fast did that that come on? Was it like a gradual buildup over that six months, or like all of a sudden, like those last couple of weeks, um, it just like got fucking crazy? Well, I would go in for a regular just checkup appointments because the usually I would go every six to six months or so. And then that turned into three months, that turned into one month. And then I would go in and just have like just regular checkup appointments, like ECGs, blood work, that kind of thing. And they were like, well, you know, your blood work came back and it's not very good. And you're really low in iron and this and that. So we're going to admit you. And I'm like, it's a Tuesday. I have to be at work yeah. tomorrow for like 630. And they're like, well, there's nothing we can do about that. You're locked here. And I'd be locked in for like two weeks. So and and, 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 and it was happening all the time, <clears throat> like 
one like two times a month I would be locked in the hospital. Are you are you like freaking out because you've just got this like full time job that yeah. you're yeah, your you're enjoying and like that things are, from underneath Yeah. You. And I'm like su- I'm fiercely independent. Like I I do everything on my own. I don't ask people for help ever. And now I'm like completely helpless. What's that conversation with your with your work like? They were so kind and forgiving and uh, helpful, but they never made me feel like shit about it. They, I would call in sobbing and be like, eh, I can't go to work. And they locked me in like completely incoherent. Yeah, right. And um, I'm already hooked up to IVs and shit. And they're like, well, don't worry. We'll, we'll get it covered. Don't even worry about it. I'm like, I don't know how long I'm going to be in here. Like I have no timeline. And they're like, that's okay. We'll make it work. You just oh, keep in touch. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. So what yeah. the fuck was it? Like, it like, was just like everything that I've already listed, just like, I think the biggest thing. Just on top of them, themselves. Exactly. So the edema was the worst thing because I just, <clears throat> it got to the point where um, like I, I couldn't walk. My legs felt like they were like locked in cement. They were so heavy. That's so fucked. Is it, it, was is it fucked. that like you've been trying to basically treat these symptoms, manage these symptoms for so long mm-hmm. and and now like maybe... You know, the same dosage of stuff that you're taking just isn't as effective anymore. And they it's kind of like, yeah, it's getting it's getting worse and worse to this point where, like, because you're not actually treating the problem, then exactly then the symptoms are just getting out of control. Exactly. OK, so then what happens after that? That six months. Um, then they referred me to the transplant team. And they're like, yeah, if we think that your heart's in heart failure. And at this point, they had already tested me for because um, they didn't want to put me on the transplant list they were really hesitant because i was so young i was 23 at the time and uh they're like uh you know our transplant at 23 yeah that's that's pretty that's pretty hardcore that's really hardcore yeah and i was like they tested me for like cancer they tested me for blood disorders immune deficiencies like or you know autoimmune deficiencies all that kind of stuff um everything came back negative there was nothing wrong with anything else in my body other than my liver and my heart. So basically your heart just sucks. The like, muscle of it is completely fine and always has been fine, but it's the function of it. So like right. the way that it was pumping and the way that the circulation was, if like that makes design, sense. Like the design is a little bit Yeah, yeah, I guess different. so. Like it's low on batteries, you know? <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I, I, I kind of noticed that when when like you started talking about that moment, like after that six months, mm-hmm. um, that you kind of like visually like tensed up a little bit. Yeah. Um, was that like a really hard time for you? Extremely. And, and, and it's still like really raw for me. Yeah. How long ago was this? Uh, so this was 2015, 2016. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then what happened? What happened after that? Um. So once they, you know, prove that it isn't anything more serious like cancer or whatever they're like okay well we're going to refer you to the more serious than your your biggest biggest organ failing (laughs) exactly they're like okay well we'll refer you to the transplant team and uh, they're really good and they'll set you up so um i don't a lot of that is all a blur to me i just was like in like survival mode and Mm -hmm. blinders on and just like do what i had to do um, so was was that conversation like you're going to need to have a transplant or yeah. like we're going to explore oh, this option? Or? They 100% knew that I needed a transplant. And uh, so I, I did all the tests. It's a very long and stressful testing process to get on the list. Mm-hmm. There's lots of blood work that you have to do. There's a lot of um, 
like CT scans, MRIs, um, frick, there's so many things. I can't even think of all the things that I did, but yeah. they were just not like fun. A, just a trillion painful. tests. Yeah. Painful, awful, not fun. And so, w- and so Never when did, when again. did, so they're, they're, they're gearing you up to get on a, to get on a list for a heart transplant. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, where does, where does needing to go to Toronto because Vancouver does not offer you what you what you need the biggest thing was because i've had surgeries before and i've had blood transfusions before um the the pool that i had 97 percent antibodies so i could only pick from three percent of the population for a transplant whoa sorry, whoa yeah sorry. and that's not common like normal people it's like <clears throat> no 10 15 20 percent because of because of your blood mm-hmm. be, like it, it there's there's only a very small section of the population that yeah. would have a heart that your body won't attack i guess probably exactly. when you when they put it, it rejection inside is you. the biggest thing yeah and the reje- and, and so what is it antibodies like you just you're yeah. so it's like um your body like when you get sick, your body will fight the disease. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's yeah. kind of like think of like a flu shot. Like you get a yeah. flu shot, and uh, and your body like comes accustomed to it and fights it off. And same thing with blood, apparently. Okay, mm-hmm. and because of the procedures and stuff that you had in the past, mm-hmm. your body is more prone to like fighting that shit off. Exactly, it's very strong and it's very resilient. Right, interesting. Mm-hmm. So okay. if you put wow, it, that's super so if you, interesting if you, if you that you it's stronger. Like, if you put like any you know, quote unquote, any old heart in there. Then it's your body's going to be like, <laughs> nope, Fuck we're going to we're going to attack this. Yeah. Exactly. It's going to reject, and then you're going to die. Huh. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So where did this scar come from? Then the sternum scar. This one, this one was from uh, I was two years old and three years old. Oh, so that's also a really old one. Really old one. Okay, yeah. and then and that surgery was to 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 what? Just it's like, part of the fontan and by so yeah, so that's um, the fontan is actually like a three parter type surgery. Right. I don't know how it works. I don't sure. know the answer. Just like the Grand Slam. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Calgary, we're coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Got you. So so then then they're like actively looking for somebody that's going to fit you from that 3% of the population that yeah, might actually work. Exactly. And is there is there an alternative to heart transplant or it's like this is it you need a heart transplant? Uh, that's the only thing. Okay, so this is 3 years ago. Yeah. Did you get a heart transplant? No, I did not. Why not? Because uh so Vancouver they they kept me on the list for six months and they were like, you're just getting sicker and there's nothing we can do. We're going to ship you to Toronto. We never, ever do this. Uh, but you're a special case and we want you to, you know, do well. So we don't, live. We don't want you to die, please. So they um, they did what they had to do and there's a lot of politics involved and shit. And um, my whole life had already fallen apart. So I was living at home and I was on disability at this point. Wasn't working at all. And, um, my mom, like she, she didn't quit her job, but she went on leave and she, her and I went to Toronto and we moved there last year. Like this was in June of last year. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. This is all still really, really fresh. And you new. moved there. We moved there. We completely relocated. Wow. And, um, my, well, like left, like your, were your parents together? No, my parents are separated. Okay. But, um, 
My dad was like cheering me on from the sidelines. We're, we're the <laughs> divorce parents club. Yeah. High five. There you go. Well, Look at that. There C sections, divorce parents. C sections lead to BFFs. separation. That's right. And <laughs> you know what? We're vagina buster babies, and both of our parents are right, still together. together. Yeah, yeah, dude. Doesn't make us better than you guys, but uh, you guys just high five. Well, so we and have I are BFFs yeah, we gotta now, find so. we gotta find our we gotta find our bonding moments. Correlation <laughs> does not mean causation. However, I'm gonna draw the conclusion that if you have a C section, you will get divorced. Oh, wow. Geez. Yeah. You yeah, know what? My God. And it's gonna be for the this is. That, I think let's that's not a, spread that. I on think this that's. Show. I think that that's going to end up being a pretty well substantiated claim, Brian. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Sick Boy Podcast. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsors. Porn, Satan, drugs, therapy. It's not just the list of what I'm up to this weekend. I'm comedian Kiki Anderson, and those are just a handful of the taboo topics I've poked and prodded at so far on my podcast, Indecent, the show where we peel at the wallpaper of polite society. Each episode digs into the dark underbelly of our culture to dissect the things we aren't allowed to talk about around the dinner table. Featuring conversations with comedians, activists, journalists, academics, they all help me figure out the who, what, and why behind what is and isn't acceptable behavior. And Decent with Kiki Anderson, where NSFW meets LMAO. Mwah. So you moved to Toronto, and, and what's the, for what? Like, what is the, what are they hoping is going to happen in Toronto that can't happen here? Uh, bigger, or not a bigger gene pool, but a bigger pool to select from. To select hearts. from, because I can get uh, anybody from Atlanta, Canada, Toronto, uh, New York. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. And Apparently, how did that? It's how did, international. And that's sure. just because gotcha. of like, just geographically, if you mm-hmm. live there, then you're then you're yeah. like in the pool in the, of. Of, of, of more people. I'm in the center of the universe, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. Well, and also it's probably because of just the, <clears throat> the like, the network of medical research and yeah. stuff like that. I mean, like, and yeah. And Toronto's, Vancouver, like, on the cusp <clears throat> of everything. That's right. And Vancouver's a big major city, but yeah. it's also, it's not where, like, it, Toronto just seems to be the place where everyone in Canada goes when they have a major... Yeah, thing to do. Like anyone who's doing double lung transplant in goes to Toronto, they go to Toronto. Yeah. But you were talking about you were talking about how you can draw from people in the states too. And I yeah. thought I think maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong or maybe I'm thinking of something else. I thought Seattle was like a pretty big medical hub. Probably it, it is, wrong. but still geographically. Um, and also, you have to think like I've also become um, immune to diseases, like just like regular like flu bugs and. Uh, Immune? You, know, you shut immune? that shit down. I shut oh, that like, shit down. So if oh, I yeah. like, I'm, I'm I feel like I'm getting resilient. a little bit of a cold right now. Uh-oh. If I just sneezed in your face, you'd be like, I'd be fine. Ain't no thing. Re- wait, I'd be fine. why? Oh, fuck. That's I don't know. Because our antibodies are just like just super bodies. Yeah. That's crazy. That's very crazy. <laughs> yeah. I know. I don't know why, but yeah. I wish so I could you, have some of that. You're, so your body, in a lot of ways, is strong as fuck. Like yeah. you're like fighting off shit left, right, and center. But your heart, exactly. then your heart's like, man, yeah, it can't keep up. <laughs> so you yeah, go yeah. to Toronto, but um, and that that was a, a year ago. Yeah, just a little over a year. And now you're in Mission. Yeah. So let's Chilliwack. fill in that little or Chilliwack. Okay, yeah, yeah sure. It's same, okay. Same thing. Same face. It's all fucking same. <laughs> um, let's fill in that gap a little. How, mm-hmm. What was the what was the process in Toronto. So I went to Toronto and um, I was there for about two weeks to do my own thing. And then eventually I did see the doctors and they went through the whole transplant like process Process. again to get me tested and make sure that I'm uh, like a good candidate. And I go on the list uh, a few weeks later. But before that, they like completely like they threw me in the hospital. They locked me away again. And I spent half my summer in hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they put a pick line in my arm. I have like a gnarly scar Ooh, in my arm because fun. of it. Yeah. <clears throat> Love Everybody it. Loves a pick line. I don't think, I think this, well, it's not the first time I've had a pick line, but yeah, the first one that I remember. Yeah, yeah, as an adult. And yeah, have like an actual scar up yeah. and everything. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're like, they are pretty fucking great. Mm-hmm. Considering, you they know, don't have to get poked for yeah. blood work. And no, shit. exactly. It's, it's great. like they just draw from it. Yeah. But it also, fuck, man, whenever I have a pick line and I'm just like constantly. I'm just thinking about it. So they have to fish it through your vein? Yeah. Dude, they go through your... It's like an th- ultrasound type of Yeah, they go deal. Th- through your vein in your arm, like uh, just <laughs> below your bicep on the inside edge of your arm. Ugh. Goes into like a main vein mm-hmm. and then travels up your arm to your shoulder, across your chest and down into your heart. That mm-hmm. might be the most sensitive part of my body. Yeah, the, that like... Right the, the freezing is the worst part. Right on the very inside of your bicep? Yeah, yeah that like inner arm, oh. super thin skin. I get, I get um, you know why? It's because if, if someone, if you like, if you like poke in there enough, no, don't do that. Um, <laughs> if you like, if you poke in there enough, like I, it hits a nerve that like shoots down my arm. Yeah. I'm, I'm, that's probably similar to a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. And like, it's so uncomfortable that it, it just makes me super sensitive about that. It, kind of the same thing on my inner thigh. Now think of something being like this long-ass tube being threaded yeah, through that space. Yeah. That's why I'm on the verge of throwing up right yeah. now. And then, <laughs> and then you just ha- you just have this <laughs> little thing dangling there, which oh, is like the insertion. Don't say dangle. It just dangles, and it's got a little dangle-dongle. It <laughs> <laughs> looks like the end of the new iPhone cords yeah, when you get right. a new iPhone. Oh, it is like a little dongle. Like oh, that. And exactly. then they take, they take needles and stuff, and they just shove it in there. But the, the, the other thing, too, that, that always made me feel a little weird was when they had to flush it, right? So they gotta like they gotta clean it, flush Don't say it, flush. So they flush the dongle dangle <laughs> with the dangle, and then they push the hot water through <laughs> and then pull it out. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, pick lines. We've talked about pick lines so fucking much, and I never really and thought I'm, about it. And I'm and I'm I never really get enough. You know why? Because I think I probably just fucking shut down when we start talking about big lines and I'm like fuck that you. I'm just going to ignore this I'm not going to retain any of it because I don't want to think about it so that every time it comes up on the podcast I'm like Right, pick line. Uh, what is that again? My brain's like, yeah, you don't know this information. <laughs> I protected you from this. <laughs> yeah, I protected you from this the last time. And actually, time. you're gonna ask about it, and I'm actually gonna protect you against it right after we were done. This, right after you're done asking about it. Yeah, I just got fucking flashed like Men in Black. So that that admission mm-hmm. with the pick line was that just because again it's all the same symptoms. You're you're really just like not working properly. So exactly. we're gonna bring you in and. And kind of boost you up. Yeah. So they put me on a medication called Milrinone. I'd never heard of it before. Never had it in uh, St. Paul's. And uh, it just is supposed to help the heart function. I have no idea how. But right. it, it needs to be a 24-hour continuous drip. So that's what the pick line was for. And uh, they would do <coughs> blood work in it and they'd give me other medications. And I was just locked away for, I believe, three weeks. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> felt a lot longer though. Did right, you did you get a heart transplant? No, I did not. No. Okay, so I know that's you the still theme wait? of you, it, but you, it's are not. Are you still wait? Are you still waiting? Like, are you going? No, are, I'm off both Vancouver and Toronto's transplant list. And why, and why? Whoa, this I is taking a turn, is that, ladies and gentlemen. Is that, oh, is, is, that a, is that a positive? Is that like because you don't need it and that's a good thing? Or uh, yeah, it's good because. They don't like to do transplants when people are younger, you know, like in their early 20s or even younger, uh, because the transplants are only supposed to last about 25 years until you need another one. Right. Uh, so like, let's fucking get every last beat out of this heart before exactly. we give it, put another one in there. So wow. Exactly. Wow. So uh, they, they did all the tests and they did more, you know, like angiograms and shit like that. 
and one day they were like, we're going to do an angiogram. We're going to throw a stent in your heart. Like we kind of see that there's a bit of a narrowing, but we're not totally sure if it's going to do anything. So I just went in. It was like a routine thing at this point. And I went in and came out the other side and the doctors were talking to my mom and my mom was like, I knew, I knew that was the problem. There's no way that your heart just like stopped working all of a sudden. It had to have been. So this is the thing. Mm-hmm. They're going, we know now why. Yeah, there's a narrowing. I don't know exactly where. All I know is it's like in the back of the heart. And apparently it's really hard to see with like any kind of imaging, which I kind of, ca- I'm calling bullshit on that because we have, it's 2018. Yeah. Like yeah. We, we have we everything. See, we can see everything. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so wait, they just put, they put a, a stent or a shunt or whatever in, stent, a st- yeah. which is a, if correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. is a stent a, 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 a sort of. A uh, bypass, like a a, a new, kind of like a little coil. L- uh, okay, and yeah, it's right, like right, as right. I guess like, I don't know. I was kind of like, I, I got it, guys. No, <laughs> what it, what it, so what? It's a coil. It sort of looks like a little coil, and it's about as big as like your like pinky fingernail. And what does it do? What's its purpose? It's just to open up the vein or the artery to give to, it more space. Exactly. Wow. Because okay. it's almost like my understanding is it's almost like it collapsed on itself over mm-hmm. time. Don't know why. Because the coil would widen it, but yeah. the, but still the volume of space in between a coil is f- is free. It's not like making so like, a new like pathway. It's just yeah, it's expanding just it. It's just widening, and exactly. the coil would allow for for blood to move past it freely versus like opening it up with like um, with something else. Like there's a, like there's an open space in a coil. Exactly. Yeah, I'm a uh, you know honorary doctor. So. You're a cardiologist. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so interesting. So mm-hmm. so so like. You know, the, you're on your application, like heart failure is one of the things that you wrote down. Mm-hmm. Was everything leading up to this point, everything that you kind of gone through, is that what's considered heart failure? Or cause technically, because like, when I hear of heart failure, you know, the way my, my brain works is I, I just immediately go to, oh, um, your heart stopped cardiac arrest or like heart stops. Mm. And and so that's like kind of a death. But, yeah. like, your heart never really stopped. But no. your heart was failing you in that it wasn't doing the job that it was exactly. set to do. Yeah. That's re- it's, isn't that interesting that, like... like That's why they were so puzzled. They were, like... Right. Like, I was showing symptoms, <clears throat> but not, like, textbook, by the book. Right. Symptoms. Right, right, right. Isn't and it like, kind of wild that they, like, you were on a... Basically on a transplant list? I was and then, almost dead, basically. And And then they're, like... Do you think that they were pushing it and delaying you having a transplant because of this, like, holy fuck, if we do the transplant, then, you know, it's only going to last for, like, 25 years, and, like, maybe there's an alternative solution to, like, to fix this? But I I don't know. I feel like that's really irresponsible for, like, healthcare workers and, like, you know, the system to do. Like, I feel like there was more to it that I just am not even aware of, and I probably will never know. Right. Because there's no... like, why put somebody through that? Why make somebody suffer like that for I think, years? I think, but so um, are you not glad that they didn't do the heart transplant? I'm happy that I didn't get it. Yeah. Right. I'm, yeah. Because no, 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 like, no, I don't want it. <laughs> right, exactly. Because like that, that there's, a, there's a huge risk that you would have died, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and, you know, that's like, that's probably the most invasive surgery like I can think of right now. That and like lung transplant or like... Yeah. You know, if this guy pulls off that head transplant, that's going to be pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that, and like the mechanics of a heart transplant for me are not, it's all different. That's right. Yeah. Because right. I have all the different like plumbing and like. You have, the, you've already gone through all that. Yeah. So they would have to take my heart out and then 
reattach the new one exactly the way that the other one was plumbed. Right. Yeah. Like you're kind of saying there, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're kind of saying like you wish that they probably could have told you more. Like I wish I had way more information, but I only like found that out in hindsight, which is, which is interesting because I was, uh, (laughs) I was at a, I was at a conference um, last week and I, I was speaking to the uh, deputy, deputy minister of health and wellness for Nova Scotia. Mm And I made a comment to her that um, like one of the things that we hear from a lot of people we talk to through our podcast is that they that they wish that like a, a, the doctors could give them more time and explain things more yeah. thoroughly. And 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 I was saying to her, like, I understand that, you know, doctors are very busy, like they have to they, they have so much stuff that they have to do that sometimes they don't have the time mm-hmm. in the day to like <clears throat> explain all the things in detail to you. And she was like, and and I thought she was going to like support the healthcare system more so in that way, but she actually challenged them. She was like, you know what, I I hear what you're saying, but I also think that what we really need is a more collaborative approach to healthcare, where I you know agree. nurses and nurse practitioners and doctors are are, are part of uh, uh, an entire system that you know if the actual um, GP or the specialist doesn't, I guess more so the specialist doesn't have time to explain things that maybe somebody with a little bit more time could actually break those things down for you and, and, and explain it more thoroughly. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, that's money. How many people are in this system that they're trying to take care of at the same time? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I heard, um, a podcast, it's actually a CBC podcast. Um, and actually we're not allowed to talk about the CBC. Not- <laughs> um, they don't support <laughs> no. us. They don't support us at all. No. And uh, we actually, okay, well they're unnamed. That's a, an unknown they, podcast. I'm just joking. They put a <laughs> wonderful documentary of us out. They support us. They great support us big time. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they were talking about, uh, cancer coaches and they're people who cool. are like healthcare providers, but they help people who have cancer, like basically just coach them, whether it's palliative care or, you know, just like the whole, spectrum and like their whole journey of right yeah, yeah. and that's i think it's in ontario specifically mm. that's really like cool Ottawa? my mom is actually uh, uh sounds like uh, where it would take place yeah probably the center of the universe really. my, yeah my, my mom's been talking a lot out here. my mom's been talking a lot about that lately because um once she recovered from her um um cancer. journey through cancer mm-hmm. i guess uh she she felt that the most difficult thing was actually the mental health side of it afterwards. Yeah. And there's not actually a lot of support no. for that. So like having a somebody like a coach and especially afterwards would yeah. I, I think that that could be really valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And like I was thankfully um thankfully Vancouver they had a, an amazing uh therapist that worked with me through the transplant process and like I had to go through her anyways because you have to be mentally prepared and emotionally stable to have a transplant Mm -hmm. and like one of the first conversations her and I had was um, you know like how do you feel about like transplants and organ donation and all that and I was like well they're not dying because I need the transplant they're going to die anyways I'm just reaping the benefits and other people are reaping the benefits and Mm -hmm. like that person knowingly signed the card and the paperwork to say I want to donate my organs they want you to get it they preach it and it's like you know when you get your driver's license you have to sign well you don't have to but you should we don't do that we don't do that (laughs) and you know what and I and and, and I was what like uh, like, we don't have that in Nova Scotia like the donor thing on our license Uh, I don't think I've ever seen a thing that said I think we do do we 
I don't know if Go it's on our license, register. but it's somewhere. I don't know if it's on our license, I, I mean, but you should some, register. I think it's somewhere. Honestly, I think it's fucking insane that you have to opt in. Yeah, that's I think, what I was thinking. I think, we I think, were, was I that think us having this conversation? I think you should opt out. If you, if, I think you, need, you should have the, the choice to opt out. And also, why the fuck are you opting out anyway? Like, what, like why do you give a shit what happens to the gooey, goopy stuff that's in your belly. Oh, some well, you religious chest cavity. Well, what Callie reasons. just said, religious reasons yeah. is probably at the top of the list. Yeah, but you know what? I know. I think that's fucking stupid. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> but I know. Like, you know. You're not going to need it. You know, it's like Bob Marley did. We just found this. I just found this out. I didn't know. Bob Marley didn't cut his toe off because of religious. The toe is the cancer in his toe. Yeah. Didn't cut off his toe because he believed it. There was a religious belief. Look, I am so. And he knew about it. I'm at so a time, okay with religion. I, like, I, I actually, I'm, some of it's I've been more okay with religion th- this past year. Like, I've come to this like realization and, uh, about a bunch of things, but there's some stuff that I just can't wrap my head around. Mm-hmm. And it's like putting all of this sacred belief in this in this thing that we're fucking housing, this like little body. That's not our. It's not us. This isn't. Mm-hmm. That's not us. Well, especially a weird thing around. Uh, and again, just n- not to. But that religion, too heated. Though, yeah, sorry. but that, but that, but that many religions, and that the basis of many religions is around is around helping helping the, like the world in which you live. Yeah, exactly. Where and where yeah. and where organ donation is probably the biggest form of that that you could it's the partake biggest gift. in. It's the biggest gift. And that, use the stuff that I no longer can use. And I should yeah. say that I just so that, that you can continue. I don't know exactly what religions or what part yeah. of a religion might say that that shouldn't be done. And I'm not saying any and maybe, religion and maybe if, in particular. Maybe if we did here, we'd be like, oh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely don't, don't give your organs. So, like, anybody I, know, I still wouldn't agree. Anybody who's listening out there, anybody who's listening out there, I feel like that's like, hey, that's not a part of my religion, then f- f- fucking fantastic. Yeah, I don't know whose yeah. religion does say that, but and I And anybody who's that listening is who is, that is part of your religion um, and you're listening to this, we're sorry we offended you. Well, well no, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm sorry I offended you, but I will say shoot us a message and, and, and tell us like where you're coming from there. Because yeah. it, re- it really is something that I, I just I find so hard to wrap my head around. Um, the, you know, I, you know like my, my, my heart, the idea of someone else taking my heart does not make me feel any way other how, than grateful. How about we also... Expand that yeah. outside religion and say, if you aren't down for organ donation in general, yeah. why? Yeah. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. what, what, what is that? What, like, like, tell us why. You know? Send yeah. us messages, whatever, Instagram, Facebook, email. Let us know. I want to know. Just yeah. the, the, one, the one last thing I want to add to the religion thing is that, like, what, David McGinley is a guy who, like, really, his, his spiritual and religious beliefs, um, like, really... It's something that I'd be interested in adopting because he comes from uh, a specific religion, yet at the same time, his message is is he's what he's really preaching about is is love, mm-hmm. and like ultimately, love should be the thing that that trumps everything. So, if you're going back and looking at rules that were written two thousand years ago, I think you need to be able to make an now educated you're decision. Specific religion. Well, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm generalizing. Um, for sure. But I just think that again, and so is he, he's, he'll be like, 5,000. That's, that's where he's specifically coming from though, too. And, uh, and his message was quite clear during our conversation that, that what it's really most, m- the most important thing is love. Mm-hmm. And when I think of and the reason why I'm bringing this up is because when I think of organ donation, 
is like you have the ability to to like lovingly support another human being by donating your organs mm-hmm. and you allowing them to die to, to do that either. Yeah. There's living, well, yeah. Oh, there's there's kidneys. There's yeah. some yeah. stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, for sure. And and I just think that it's an invaluable thing. And I think it's 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 it is quite literally a gift that we all have the ability to yeah. give yeah. once we're no longer here. And so. even if you don't. For whatever reason, you don't accept uh, organ donation. You should still do blood donation. Mm-hmm. You should help with that. Yeah, yeah. or I've, I think you could do plasma donation too. I've donated yeah, yeah. blood yeah. once. I should donate blood. I'm not allowed to. More often, I don't know if I'd be allowed. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's not in your blood. It's not in my blood, but also no. But there's I, I probably like medications have like, I probably and have stuff. Like weaker, right, 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 right. Like weaker blood or something. Oh, you're probably yeah. not allowed if you're on medication. That's probably right. a specific medications. Well, you're not allowed yeah. to. we could look into that. We could, yeah. Um, so Callie today then, mm-hmm. <clears throat> like, are you, are you just living this brand new normal that, that you've never really known? In a way. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's almost like a direct quote from my, <laughs> from my application, but yes. Um, interesting. interesting. I, uh, yeah. So I flew back home in February of this year and I went right back to work. Like the Monday that I, the Monday after I flew back in, I was back at work. Same mm. job. Same job. Nice. Yeah, they were very happy to see me. So I went back to work, and a couple months later, I got a personal trainer, and I'm working out all the time, and I've never been able to do that. Crazy. That's cool. The fatigue is not following you, right? Is it still there? or? Um, I feel at first I was, like, on a high. Like, the first, like, probably this summer I was on a high, Mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm a little bit more burnt out now. Like, I feel more fatigued, and I don't know like cautiously optimistic that it's just like oh i need to chill out and like take mm. more rest days for myself yep. <laughs> mentally and everything um but i'm cautiously optimistic because it it could always like resurface again mm-hmm. i could still go and get sick and still need that transplant mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. interesting it's very up in the air <clears throat> right but i mean day to day you're doing pretty good day to day i'm doing really well yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, was there any side effects to the to the 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 insertion of the stint? Um, well, because of the stint, uh, all of my all of my symptoms went away. Like, oh, cool. It, okay, so that's instantly. a great symptom. It took about three three <clears throat> weeks for my body to adjust, um, and the edema is almost completely gone. Uh, my circulation is back, but a lot of that is also due to the things that like diet. My mm. diet was never horrible to begin with, but I was put on a liquid restriction from Vancouver. And I was like, yeah, so you drink too much water in a day, and that's why you're filling up with fluid. So drink like a liter and a half a day. I'm like, that's not very much. That's not healthy for anybody. Yeah. But okay. And I didn't know at the time. I just went with it. And then it wasn't until I saw my trainer, and he was like, what are you doing? Like, drink more water and I'm like but I'm not allowed to and he's like yeah you are yeah, like you, you know, are as of now you know as of now there are people that don't drink water <clears throat> I know it's gross I'm drinking water right now because you just said I'm drinking water I'm like, dude me too water. you know actually in CF there's like we like have a built in aversion to drinking water <coughs> oh really like, yeah like you're because like you're, you're salty you're like psychologically like ooh water I don't think it's a psychological <laughs> thing I think it's a it's it's more of like a a body thing like how cats don't want to go near water <laughs> sort of yeah i think that's more probably on the psychological it's like a it's the way my body works like it's a, like i don't like i don't cat. get i don't get the the signals that go you need to, you're thirsty you need to drink like that's more rare for me mm. 
And so... Like drink anything, you mean? Uh, well, yeah, like, I mean... You like get it with water. beer, though, a lot. Like, you're usually, well, like... I just, I just love the taste of beer and drink beer, but, like, <laughs> like yeah, I don't... get the signal for... I don't get that, like, thirst, like, that thirst signal. Scouts. <laughs> Which I think has something to do with, like, the there's the link between the CF people can't get cholera, um, and... There's some there, there's I, I I'll do some research on that, but it's yeah. Some people just don't see some. Uh, there was a time where <laughs> I didn't drink water outside of <clears throat> like exercising. Like when I was playing hockey, I would drink water. Yeah. When I was practicing, when I was working out, I drink water. But outside of that, like wake up in the morning, don't drink water. Like at I, school, don't drink water. When a day comes by where I go, it's like five p.m. and I go, fuck, I haven't had any. Oh water my god, today. it's such a mind. I just sit down. I just fuck, sit my ass I'm down and shrug some Dude, water. Yeah. I drink I drink a lot of water in the run of the day. It just always has coffee in it. Yeah, yeah, that's not water. That's not water. Yeah, it does count. Yeah, it does. Anybody, <laughs> anybody the other listening, that's like, holy shit, I'm that person that doesn't drink water. Drink water. Drink big, some water. A big, uh, big, and, and a change su- your life. A, like, a suggestion it will change your life, and a suggestion because it's a because it's a habit that you have to form. Yeah. And I found for me anyway, and maybe this will help, this will work for some people. If you don't drink very much water and you want to drink more, get a water bottle, fucking jazz it up, yeah. make mm-hmm. it yours, yeah, make it yeah. make it one that you don't get. That you don't paint it, put sparkles on yeah. it, like, but get, like get some lights. Because if you get a, if you get a water bottle and you don't jazz it up, then it's just a fucking plastic thing that you don't give a fuck about, and yeah. you'll lose it, and then and then you'll forget, and then you <clears> yeah. won't have one. But my, if you jazz it up, it'll mean something to you. My favorite thing is to take a, like a, a long, thin, like about about two inch wide, long strip of um like like mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. really bright red fuzz, mm-hmm. like fur, like mm-hmm. a fur mm-hmm. strip of mm-hmm. yeah of of. Um, mm-hmm. Fabric, right? And then wrap that from the bottom all the way going mm-hmm. up, all the way going. Yep. Up. So it looks like it's kind of like a dragon just wrapped mm. around the yeah. bottle. Mm-hmm. It feels good in your hands, feels yep. good on your face when you rub your face with it. Yeah, um, it makes people feel a little bit weird. They don't want to touch your bottle. You're n- you'll never get it stolen. Do you kind of put it like? Do you, do you put a strip right on the inside of the mouth of the bottle? Yeah, yeah. So it just captures all that water. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically a filter thing. Yeah. So it's like it's a it's a homemade filter. It works really well. Yeah, it catches all the bacteria, but you Poor never but you don't Berta. change it. But you don't change it. <laughs> yeah. No, don't ever wash it. Actually, here's the thing: <clears throat> wash your fucking water bottles, people. Dude, yeah. <clears throat> if you don't, if you do not realize, if you have days. a reusable water bottle, yeah. which you should. We we all should absolutely. There's a there's a big problem with plastic these days. But if you're using one of those like steel stainless steel water bottles, and you're not, and you don't wash that like once a day, it shit is, once a day might be a little bit excessive. But dude, it picks up it picks up bacteria real quick. Dude, my cycling water bottles the other day, nasty. I was like kind of like, while I'm gone, please put these in the dishwasher. These are fucking <laughs> nasty. Why didn't you do it yourself? You fuck. You fucking. Because I needed them to. Kyla. I, no, because uh, I. Need, they're doing some, the dishes today, right? Because I was you always because I was leaving to go to Vancouver, and I and I want them to go through the dishwasher so they spend a prolonged period of time mm. in boiling hot water. Kyla, he'd be so lost without you. I'm so glad you guys are here. <laughs> I would be lost without you. <clears throat> so, Callie, what would you say then is the biggest thing that that your heart failure or your 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 not so amazing heart has mm-hmm. taken away from you. Huh. I've been trying to think of like, how to answer that for a couple of days, and uh, I have no idea. Like I, there's like, I guess just I I lost my independence for about two and a half, three years. And uh, I had to really learn how to um, 
I had to learn how to ask for help. I had to learn to let people in, like emotionally. Like I'm a lot more um, open to people in every sense of the way, and uh, I'm a lot more honest with myself and with how I feel. And I'm not ashamed of uh, you know having this disease and living as a sick person constantly. And I realized that I was like holding on to that subconsciously. I didn't think that I, I just was like, I'm just a normal person and I just, you know, I live my life, I go to work, I do this and that. And that like stopped me in my tracks. And I was like, nope, you're not in control. You have no control of anything. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I don't know how well I articulated that. But I think yeah. you fucking nailed it. What would you say is that. the biggest thing that it's given you? <clears throat> the cheesy thing is a new perspective, but I feel like I I really learned who was in my corner, mm. who was on my side, like with work, with work, people, with friends, um, family always. But just like my small, my circle became a lot smaller and I found out like these are the people that are like my ride or dies and are here for the long haul, no matter like how much shit gets thrown at me or them or mm. whatever. Because I've always been like that for everybody. Um, I'm kind of like the mom <clears throat> group of my friend group. And uh, it just felt nice to have that reciprocated as back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's a huge lesson to, to learn, you know. And we, mm-hmm. we've taught, this is something that's come up uh, in a lot of the conversations we've had here mm-hmm. since we've been in Vancouver is like, yeah, it's like finding out your ride or dies, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. <clears throat> That's also my like favorite fucking term for like someone who yeah. you just know is there for you. Yeah. It's my ride or die. Well, you know what? I I, I just want to say thanks for <clears throat> for sharing your story and, mm-hmm. and you know you fill the hole in all of our hearts. <laughs> oh, oh. Hey Wow. Look out, Bry. That was a He's here all week. That's wow. it. Yeah, so. he actually is, folks. Um <laughs> uh, well Callie, thank you. Thank you for, for taking for the time me. to come in and yeah, share. Thanks that. for having me. Yeah. This was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. It was great. And thank you all so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh we'll be back next week, as we always are, with a new episode. And in the meantime, uh head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, a review, and hit the subscribe button because it's important. And we like we say it. I say it every week. I know this is the part where like people probably just shut off already, but if you're still listening, we say it every week because it actually makes a difference, and mm-hmm. it literally takes two seconds. Like, just log on, leave the review, hit subscribe. Yeah, and it's if you want to sign up for organ donation, yeah, and yeah, do that too. Absolutely, yeah. and if you want to support us financially, you can go to Patreon.com/sickboy. That would be super helpful. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it down the shtick where I talk about how I love people more that <laughs> you know do the thing. I'm just I gonna, think that's good. I'm just gonna put it away. And um, <laughs> well, it's not really. A stick though, so yeah, right. I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna put it away. Uh, and if you, you know, if you if you want to donate to us, that'd be super helpful. It would be. Thank you so much, Taylor. That was really. I, I like the way that you put that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and if you want, hey, follow- don't you fucking start. You shut your mouth. I see your. I see you open your mouth. You shut. Shut that I mouth. Just, you know, you shut your mouth. I. You shut your mouth. We love all of you, even if you don't give us to give to Patreon. And anyway, shut, so so mouth. if you want. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> You're trying to come Get in there. Way. Shut up. So if you want to um, uh, follow me on uh, Instagram, oh, you can go to fuck's at Brian Stever. And, uh, at that's Taylor McGilvery. <laughs> I'm not even going to say mine. At Callie.B. Jeremy <laughs> underscore 69 underscore Saunders underscore Sebastian. 
<laughs> Dude, I'm starting that Instagram right now. Uh, and uh, so after you follow at Brian Stever, you can follow at Sick Boy Podcast. Uh, we're always doing some funny stuff there uh, on the social medias. Yeah. And uh, and big thanks to Donovan, the Meerkat Morgan, uh, for the uh, for the amazing sound design on this show. Um, we love you, dude. Yeah, we do. We do love you, Don. Oh, van. <laughs> I was like, I've never calmed on before. <laughs> Me neither have I. It felt weird. I had to finish it. <laughs> that is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. I'm Jeremy. I'm Callie. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.